This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Product plug, a product plug right off the top, slime ball, baby. We got slime time, slimy this weekend. What's up? What's up? What's up? Feeling pretty good. Kind of had a shaky week. We'll go over the betting recap. We'll go over this huge week of combat sports. The slime ball is a juicy one. The slime ball came through. Claudio Pulez by submission came through. Looking pretty goddamn good, boys. We're living life. Slime ball parlay, seven and four. Yeah, seven and four on the year. Had a couple dry weeks there in a row. Finally rebounded almost a five to one. Now, if that doesn't move a part of your body, five to one, three fight parlay. I don't know what will. I don't know what we have to do to get you moving. But it definitely ain't hitting a five to one and then a four to one on submission over Clay Guida. Oh my goodness. Oh my gracious. Uh, first and foremost, welcome to the show. I'm Brian Peach. I'm getting new listeners every day, so I should probably address myself. Thank you for being here, no matter where you found me, either Anakin Florian, which is most of you, or if you've been with me from day one, let's fucking go. We're winning money. But Donnie Madge, my guy Donnie Madge, fought a beautiful fight on Wednesday. Up two rounds, picking apart Rashman flow, feel whatever how he pronounces it. And Kenny, Randy, and, and O'Connell were kind of saying, hitting it on the broadcast. He keeps throwing naked kicks. He's throwing naked kicks. And then third round threw a naked kick, got caught with the right hand, man, got put out. I thought the right hand was obviously stiff and put him down. I thought he was going to recover when he hit the ground. He hit the ground, and I thought, like, because it put him down. It looked like he put his hands down to brace himself. But when he hit the ground, he was out of it. And then Manflo hit up with those big shots. I had no problem with the stoppage. Uh, man, that one hurt. 2.8 units on my guy, Donnie Madge. 280 bucks down the toilet. We had it. We're in the bag, baby. Two rounds. Putting on a flawless performance. And you just get caught. What you going to do? That's the name of the game. So we're down 2.8 units, which was rough. Had to claw my way back into it. Didn't really like the slate on Friday night on Bellator. I know Danny Sabatello, uh, everyone loves that kid. He, he put on a good, good performance. Liz, Camu- Liz Carmouche won as an underdog. Good for Liz to win that uh, title. But I was more interested in Saturday, right? More interested in Saturday. Went down Saturday, plugged it in there, put a decent amount on Rafion Stotts, who won uh, over Juan Archuleta, who I think is extremely overrated. I am big on Stotts. And I put a little money on Yancey Medeiros as well because it was in Hawaii, and I knew Yancey's going to show up. So I had a nice little bell to run. Did not did not share those plays on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, I had a nice little two spot there on Bellator. Um, little single wagers. Didn't put them together. Didn't parlay them. Just little single spots there. Uh, but nice little, nice little, nice little return on the Bellator side. And then uh, the UFC side, which came through big time slime ball parlay. I went nine and two on my picks. I hit every single lock. Uh, clean sweep on the locks, baby. Clean sweep. Send them home. Yup. Dog lock, yup. Motor lock, which I had to switch, yup. Uh, we got them all, babe. We got them all. It was a good weekend. It was a, it was a tough card. 
And I called out a few people on the podcast. Excuse me. I called out one person in particular. I didn't name names. Let's not name names here. A lot of people in the MMA space, when they give picks, they get a very sensitive. Oh, you call me off for my picture. It's fun. We're having fun. Don't take it so seriously. If I have a bad week, come at me. Tell me I had a bad week. Okay? I'm not going to get upset. That's what I do. But the people that get upset are the people selling their picks. You see what I'm saying? So they don't want to, the, you know, it, it's weird because the people that are getting upset sell their picks, but they're also the ones that block people. So it's like, oh, you're blocking customers now. That's not a good business model. Okay. I mean, you're talking about business. But uh, Friday night, Bellator, I caught some of it. Um, obviously good for Liz Carmouche. And then Bellator on Saturday, I caught Fury White during the day. Tyson Fury, one of the greatest heavyweights. Francis Ngannou came in. Fury might be done. He, he, he says he's done, but he's not done. It was kind of a, he left it open in a little bit. Obviously, the Anthony Joshua fight is what I think a lot of people want to see. People were, were saying Alexander Unsk, which is another good thing. But I think Fury uh, runs through Unsk. I think he's just too small. Joshua will be interesting, though. Joshua's a big, big boy. Um, and then Francis came in, and they wanted to do like a hybrid MMA boxing fight or whatever with Francis. I, I don't know if Francis. I got to imagine he's got some contract with the UFC right now, being the champion or whatever. I'm sure there's some kind of championship clause. But... Dana White probably was not happy seeing him in that ring with Tyson Fury and they're talking hybrid MMA or whatever. I still think it's a bad idea. Uh, even if Francis goes pure boxing, listen, get the money, get paid. Tyson Fury made like $33 million for this fight against Dylan White. Get paid, young man. Get the money, but it ain't gonna, you know, it's gonna put a pause in your career. I mean, you're gonna go to boxing, Tyson Fury's gonna fuck you up. That's what it is. If you if you fight Tyson in pure MMA, you're gonna fuck Tyson up. That's just the way it is. It's two drastically different sports and different kind of skill sets. And um, I know a lot of MMA fighters want to go over there. Not too many boxers want to come over to MMA, and there's a reason for that, people. Let's open up the old eyeballs. There's a reason for that, okay? But, you know, boxing, you know, these one-off mega fights, I don't know how they're making money. No one I know, no one really cared about Tyson Furrier's Dylan White. I know they did in England. Tyson's huge in England, right? Uh, and Dylan White's English as well. I, I, so maybe the England side, they did well. But how is Tyson Fury making $33 million? And how are they turning a profit? They might not be. We might. We just might not know that yet. Maybe Dana White's right. Maybe Dana White's like, they don't make that much. We know. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know how these promoters are turning a profit when that really wasn't that big of a fight. And I mean, I'm fully made where it makes $100 million when he fights. So, again, they, they, they got something there in boxing that, uh, you know, maybe that's the whole argument is why doesn't Dana pay his fighters more, whatever. Obviously, you know, there's arguments to be had all over the place. But I just don't think paying Tyson Fury 33 million and then probably paying what Dylan White what 15 million I just don't see how that's profitable I don't I don't I mean that's because they put a shit undercard together with like three fighters that you know that are that are nobodies that make like you know three grand a fight I mean that's maybe how they do it but I don't know let's not let's not get down that road let's stay positive we had a good weekend slime ball hits let's 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 you know I I'm the one doing it I steered it down the ugly road I'm sorry this fight we're here to recap fight night, right? We're here to recap Bellator. Rafion Stotts looked great. Anson Medeiros looked great. I missed the Cyborg fight. Went back to watch it today. You know, she she was a punching bag in there. Uh, Glenn, um, oh, fuck, I forget her last name. The the the, the New Zealand that uh, or Australian, excuse me, I, I, if I'm if I'm uh, misremembering where she's from. Tough as nails, but she you know got pieced up. And then that's the, that's the one thing I want to bring up before I get to the UFC recap. Hey, Scott Coker. Let's keep this same energy, bud. I tweeted this out, and I mean it, and this is something that's been stirring in my head. 
So the second you have a guy, Corey Anderson, for example, who has beaten the current champ in the UFC, you want to cross promote, right? Hey, UFC, I got the better guy. You let the better guy go. Let's crop promote. I know they don't usually do that, but let's do it. Makes no sense for the UFC to do it. That's like the Canadian Football League cross promoting with the NFL. Who fucking cares, right? No one wants to see it. It's a risk for the NFL. It's no risk for, I mean, the Canadian Football League could get better publicity. Same thing with Bellator. Bellator has dropped the ball. They've been putting on some pretty good events. It was awesome to see him in Hawaii. But when the UFC's off is when they need to strike and they don't strike. Their biggest fat fight this year, McKee Pitbull, too, had no hype behind it whatsoever. Did horrible numbers. So Scott Coker is so quick to call out the UFC. Hey, UFC, let's cross-promote. I know they don't do that, but let's put your guys versus my guys, your girls versus my girls. We'll see who's better, right? Of course he's going to say that. Of course he's going to say that. But Kayla Harrison, bad motherfucker, bad to the bone. Kayla Harrison goes, hey, the PFL owner, I forget his name, Ray Seffo, I know it's like the president, but I think it's the different, the other guy. They go, hey, listen, let's go. Let's cross-promote. I'll be your huckleberry. I'll be your huckleberry on this. Let's cross-promote. Kayla Harrison for Cyborg. That's what we want to see. Let's go, right? And Coker goes, you know, cross-promotion, such a pain in the ass. You got different sponsors and different, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that goes into it. I just don't see it happening. What? But the UFC, who's on ESPN, just like PFL is, you want to cross-promote with them, don't you? But when badass Harrison shows up, big, big KH, Kayla Harrison goes, hey, let me slam your girl on her head and take her arm home. And all of a sudden, it's too difficult. We can't do that. Coker, listen, bub. Okay. Keep the same energy both ways, baby. You can't have it both ways. You want the big bag UFC? They don't need you, bro. They don't need you. You want PFL? which I think puts on a better show, in my opinion, than Bellator. Uh, you want, and they have good fighters. You want to put PFL on? You want PFL versus Bellator? Let go, right? But yeah, no, 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 no. The red tape's too much. There's too much. Yeah, no, 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 no. So, Scott Coker, keep that same energy. I will be remiss before we recap the UFC if I do not talk about Jeremy Stevens, Clay Collar. What an incredible fucking fight that was. Clay Collar came in in incredible shape, had a lot of energy in that third round. His chin is for days. Stevens looked like he wanted out a few different times with some of those body shots adding up. He just kept coming. What a dog in there. Both dudes are savages. I love that fight. Um, one of the better fights this weekend, if not the best fight this weekend. I thought it was uh, an incredible performance by uh, by Clay Collar. There, He's got that awkward style and, and Jeremy I mean, Jeremy Stevens, when he hits people, he fucking hurts them. You know what I mean? And he hit Clay Collar with a lot of shots. Clay rolled with some of them, so some of them weren't as clean. But still, man, that was some impressive shit. That was a fun fight, uh, incredible fight. So I'd be remiss if I did not bring that up. Now, 9-2 and on my picks. Send them home. Tyson Pedro. I had him by submission, but he had a beautiful knockout. Still counts. Send him home. Dog lock, Philip Flippin' Lins. Everyone doubted that. You can't bet Procnico. Philip Lins gets a decision win. I thought he, he looked pretty good. His cardio showed up. He mixed his stuff up really well. Procnico, he visited the same doctor that Arlovsky visited to fix that chin. I don't know what's going on. He took some big shots, got wobbled a little bit. But that guy used to fall over from just, uh, even if you threw a kick, 
and it missed. The wind of the kick would fucking send the guy to the mat. So Prakin got his chin fixed, but Felipe Lin's dog lock nailed up. Mortal lock was Manel Cop. Manel Cop got popped. Manel Cop got caught by the cops. Nice little fucking wordplay there. So I exchanged my mortal lock to Charles Jordan, who's part of the slime ball parlay. Looks fucking fantastic. Hit on that, baby. Uh, Manel Cop. Yes, we'll talk about Manel Cop. Bummed that he didn't fight. He was. Uh, Picograms, right? That's what it was. Picograms came up in his system. The old John Jones, he said he didn't know how this metabolite got in his system. Nevada caught it, not USADA, um, which I think was the same thing with John Jones. I think Nevada caught it, and then California said we can let him fight there. I mean, this McConnell cop's not John Jones. They're not moving a card for him. But some kind of picograms, he, he went above the threshold. He's like on a six-month hold right now. They're going to do some more investigation for it. Listen. If it talks like a duck, it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, whatever that fucking saying is, it's probably a duck. Manel Cop, I love you. Listen, you're a professional athlete. You got to be responsible what you put in your body. And he says he has no idea what got how this got in there. It could have been a tainted supplement. I don't know. There's an argument to be had. Like these guys take supplements, they do that, they don't know. But you have to be fully responsible what goes into your body. So if John Jones, who is the most hated guy amongst a lot of people because of his character, doesn't get the same benefit as someone else, Manel Cop's not getting the same benefit from me, even though I love Manel Cop. Um, I'm lukewarm on John Jones because I do think his character is in question. You know, the minute you lay hands on women, I'm fucking done with you. But John Jones ain't getting the benefit of the doubt with it. You know, he's a steroid head. He's a steroid abuser. That's what everyone calls him because of the picograms. He's also busted before. Picograms for Manel Cop, though, you got to keep the same energy, right? Same with Scott Coker. I'm telling you, you got to keep the same energy. This guy got popped for something in the system. You're a professional athlete. You're in the top of your game. You're going to be fighting for a title sooner than later. You're in the show. You're in the fucking show. You have to be responsible what goes in your system. Now, again, he's not going to come out and say, hey, listen, I fucking, I'm taking steroids. I'm shooting myself up the ass, blah, 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 blah. Because it was only so small trace amounts, he can report it back to some kind of, and maybe that might not be the case. I don't want to paint a bad picture of him now, cop, but let me, let, you know, let's call a spade a spade, babe. Something got in your system. And you got to take responsibility for what it is. You're a professional athlete, right? See this Mountain Dew right here? This is going in my system right here. And I'm going to piss hot, and I know it. Little cardio, cardio, caffeine boost. All right, again, 9 and 2 of my picks. Clean sweep my locks. Slime ball parlay was plus 456. Hit that. Um, let's bounce around the card a little bit because I got a lot to say about some fights. I don't have much to say about other fights. Obviously, the card was criticized, panned by critics. Overall, pretty entertaining card. Some decent fights on it. Obviously, it's not a pay-per-view. You have to pay for it. It was what it was, okay? It's a UFC card with a lot of guys, you know, rounding out their skills. Mike Jackson was Dean Barry, freak show fight. Dean Barry looked incredibly nervous, needed to settle down, was, was not handling his kicks properly. Properly, I can't talk. I need to settle down. Um, it was just a freak show fight. Mike Jackson should not be in the UFC, uh, he obviously, it's not his fault that he got fouled. He got spin kicked in the nuts, recovered from that, then got completely eye gouged on a clinch break, which both fouls were by Dean Barry. I agree with the DQ. Obviously, we've had a lot of fouls lately, and why is the DQ for this guy? Why is it not for this guy, etc.? There's obviously referee discretion. You guide your guys out of his eyes out. You kick him in the nuts, and the guy's still continuing the fight. I think... Um, 
I, I think you, you know, you need to get DQ'd on that. You need to be better, Dean Barry. And he was incredibly nervous coming in here. He's winging big right hand shots. I was unimpressed with him. Both guys get a zero on my star system, a big fat bagel on the star system, because I just don't think either guy really showed me anything. I mean, uh, you know, Mike Jackson got fouled, but he wasn't going to win that fight anyway. Dean Barry looked incredibly nervous, and then he kind of was a sore loser about it afterwards. He has since deleted Twitter. People are getting after him. Seems like he's got some thin skin a little bit. You know, just let you know, let it roll off your back there, young fella, and and come back because you know he does have some interesting striking. You put him in there with a striker. Let's see what the kids got. Um, and uh, Mike Jackson, obviously, I think he was a Golden Gloves at one point, uh, right? Is that was is what I'm? But they both get zeros. They both are zeros. They're not zeros, but they both get zeros in the star system because come on, Felipe Lins versus Marcin Practico. Practico gets a one. Lins gets a two. Um, again, I give these on Saturday night. A little bit of a harsh writing uh, here. Marcin Practico. Just never been high on him when he came to the UFC. Never was high on him. And then he's on a two-fight skid here. I still can't believe he beat Khalil, Round, beat Khalil Roundtree. Phil Lins coming in, coming back to a fight. A lot of people doubt him. I saw a lot of people on the Proctico side here. I'm glad I took the Lins side. I'm glad I had the underdog money on Lins. Cashed a little bit there. Took him straight. Took him in a weird parlay that did not hit for me. But I had him straight, which was the big part. Felipe Lins. Uh, nice victory here. Uh, fought a really smart game plan here. Did not let Practical get his movement going. Did not let the body kicks really affect him too much. I mean, Practical landed some nice body kicks, but Lynn's crowded on landing some big punches, good punches, wobbled Practical a few times, had him ducking his head, had him running away, but it was ultimately the takedowns that Lynn's had and the cardio. The third round, Practical was slowing down. So was Lynn's, but Lynn's just had that extra bit. Had that extra bit, baby. That's what it's going to take. Uh, Preston Parsons versus Evan Elder. Evan Elder is my underdog stab here. Both guys get a three for me. Um, impressed with both guys. They both took this on short notice. I mean, Preston Parsons wasn't supposed to fight Evan Elder. Evan Elder is 100%, 155 pounder. Wouldn't be surprised if he can make 45, you know, in the near future. But this kid showed a lot of heart. Preston Parsons looked big. Preston Parsons looked big, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean? He looked like he was... Uh, had a couple extra protein chase before this fight. Looked very jacked up to me, but just super strong. Evelyn Elder could have got out of there a million different times. He didn't. Parsons, good on the ground, good grappling. Parsons was a side here. Missed this one. Um, did not realize the size was going to play that much of a difference here. I thought Evelyn Elder was going to be a little more athletic, a little more explosive, better on the feet. Evan got hit on the feet, got dominated on the ground. What are you going to do? Uh, Parsons look pretty good. Three. Both guys get three stars there. Okay. Alicia Long, the Mongolian murderer, looked fantastic. Knocked out Cameron Ellis with a big, big body shot. China. China went on a struggle for a while there. Chinese fighters were coming over, and they were fighting almost every time. They they would, you know, from the Chinese PI, they would start coming over, and they would they would fight on consecutive cards. A lot of them would be on the same card. They weren't winning much, right? Alicia Long, this is his first win in the UFC. Solid dude popped up to 135. Uh, great performance, body shot, finish, kid's a killer. He's a murderer, literally the Mongolian murderer. Look fantastic. I passed on him. Uh, should have had him in the parlay somewhere. Should He was a slime ball candidate for sure. He gets a four-star. Cameron Ellis gets a one. Don't know if he's UFC quality. Doesn't really have any signature wins. He has a win over Patty Pimblett, which I forgot to mention, but that was a million years ago. Maybe he needs to get out of the UFC. He's 34 years old, 10-6. Don't know if he's if he's that caliber. Maybe Maybe keep it around for a short call fight. I hate to say that, but I just don't know where his ceiling's at, if I'm being honest. And I always am. 
And I always fucking am. Tyson Pedro versus Ike Villanueva. Pedro, four, four stars. This is my sent at home. Ike Villanueva, one. I gave him one because the son was in his corner. Son and him, was it was a nice little relationship, nice little moment. But Tyson Pedro, four years off, really calmly settled himself in this fight. The leg kicks were a difference. His hands looked sharp. I thought Villanueva was going to have the, the advantage on the feet. And when if Tyson took it to the ground, he was going to be a fish out of water. Tyson does have some decent submissions. His wrestling isn't world-class, but he decided to strike the whole time and, and really chopped up Ike's legs and then finished him with a brutal uppercut uh, on the fence, put him out. Four years off. That's got to feel good for Tyson Pedro. There. He gets a four-star. Was my send him home. And uh, Tyson Pedro, get, or excuse me, Ike Villanueva gets a one. Just because his son was in his corner. Could have been a zero. He did nothing to impress me. Probably done in the UFC. Old vet. Old 18 and 14. He's going to make some decent money outside the UFC fighting on some of these other promotions. Maybe pr- getting a young guy to see if they can pass the old vet test. But uh, I don't know if he's UFC quality, especially at 205. Tyson Pedro went in there, four years off, did the damn thing. Think the kid could be a star. He's good looking. He's big. Um, the skills can be there, right? The skills, I, I, I'm not going to go as far as say they are there. Still need to see a lot of more because before, before he left, it, it was a little shaky at times. But he looked fucking good. But he looked good against Ike Villanueva. So let's maybe increasingly get these, you know, get these guys up there. Um, but I am a fan of Tyson Pedro. I think he could be something to look out for because, like I said, he's good looking, has a good personality. His podcast is funny. He's buddies with Ty. He's not as crazy as Ty is, but, you know, he's a fun guy. And, um, yeah, someone's thinking about me. My nose is itching. Jeez. And I know what you're thinking. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't partake in the nose candy. My nose is itching. Who's thinking about me out there? Jeez, guys. Here we go. Sergey. Condorosco Condor Condor versus Dwight Grant. I, I butchered this guy's name. Sergey looked pretty good in this fight. This was fight of the night, my opinion. Got rock bad in that first round. Dwight Grant just didn't go away. And then in that uh, second round, Sergey caught him, slapped him. Beautiful action-packed fight. Both stand-up guys. Dwight Grant, though, I was even saying it. Listen, I'm not, I'm not some fucking technical wizard or whatever, but when Dwight Grant was exchanging with Sergey. He was on his back foot, right, lean back, chin up, and he was trying to counter with big hooks. Sergey, I just kept saying, dude, just step in with the right hand. Step in with the left hook. All you have to do is step in. Step in, let the counters miss you, and then get your shot, and that's exactly how he put him out. Uh, Dwight Grant, again, you know, I don't think he's the, the most fun fighter. He went out there <clears throat> and threw shots, had an exciting fight. This is obviously his most exciting fight. Um, what, what stars did I give him here? So I gave Dwight Grant a two and Sergey three. Okay, it was a fun fight, you know. Um, but Sergey has been off for a while. One, you know, he's I don't know. I don't know what to read about this guy. I stayed away from this fight because I couldn't read it all that well. Dwight Grant looks like a cop from like the 90s, right? Like that was like on a TV show. You know what I mean? The hairline, everything just reminds me of a cop from the a 90s TV show, like a young Carl Winslow or something. That's what he reminds me of. Dwight Grant might be cut. Maybe not. Sergey obviously going to move on. 170 is a fucking log jam. Don't know who you're going to give this guy. I'm not a great matchmaker, but uh, it was a fun fight for both guys for sure. Uh, Marc-Andre Berriou versus Jordan, Jordan Wright. First leg of the slime ball parlay. My guy Berriou fucking snatches a neck. Four-star performance by Berriou here. Taking the fight on short notice. 190. Jordan Wright. Listen, I call this guy a serial killer, and, and he's obviously killer be killed out there. He gets a zero, and I'll tell you why. 
he has an all-star corner. He trains with a lot of good guys. He's went. He's been to uh, wax, uh, Waxen. What? He's been to Jackson Wink. Anthony Hardonk, one of the best kickboxers ever. He's with good guys in the room. He looked petrified. He looked scared. I don't know what it was. Mentally, he was broke before he got in that cage. He didn't look like himself. He was patient. He didn't win a second in this fight. And then he went for, uh, he started mixing up takedowns and then just left his neck out there. And it was an arm, not even an arm in guillotine. And Barry, who's obviously not known for submissions, just took it. His corner said, take it. Rolled over, got mount. It was a wrap. It was tight. Uh, good on Mark Andrew from rebounding after a quick knockout. He is a tank. He is a machine. He's getting better. He's living in a fucking trailer in Florida to make his life better, to become a better fighter. You got to root for a guy like that. And, uh, you know, I didn't put too much stock in him getting knocked out so quickly last time. He did come back pretty quickly, but it's not like Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright came back not too long ago from a knockout either. So it's not like he's been off forever trying to rest his brain. Both are coming off knockouts. But I just think Barry just got caught early. It's just one of those things. It's going to happen in MMA. It's happened to a lot of people. You're going to get caught. And he just got caught by a guy who's got some really explosive striking in Chidi and Jukwe. So it is what it is. I was very confident in Barry in this fight. I understood the line. That's why he was in my slime ball. Saw a lot of people picking Jordan Wright. I, I get it. Uh, right by knockout what, what is a nice price if you want to hedge out on the slime ball. I obviously did not. But uh, Mark Andrew Barry taking a neck. And another neck that got taken, Charles Jordan. Four-star performance by Jordan. Lando Nevada gets a one. Dude got choked out of his fucking shorts. His shorts came off. He got fucking ah, choked out. I like Lando, but, uh, you know, Lando came in kind of with a little bit of attitude, a little bit of a cockiness to him. And I just think people are sleeping on Jordan. He's had some weird performances in the octagon where he's lost, where he, I think he should have won. But he's also got some decent wins. His striking's good. He's young. He's 26 years old. He's getting better. Lando, everyone wanted him to wrestle. He did. He landed a nice takedown. Jordan got back to his feet. Jordan clipped him with a left hand. I don't know if it put him down. It was more of like maybe an off-balance shot. And then beautiful guillotine. And he set it up with a one arm in, right? Lando didn't think anything of it, right? Was just trying to work back to his feet. Jordan was trying to get position. Lando got his head out. Jordan got his arm back underneath as a power guillotine. That time was under his chin. Lando's now worrying about his leg position. And Jordan was getting better position. And then when they rolled to their side, that's when he brought the other hand over and just fucking tightened it up. And it was death. It was a death guillotine. Back-to-back Canadian guillotines. You got to love it. You got to fucking love it for both boys. Two out of three on my slime ball right now. Right now, I'm feeling good. Two fights away, we got Claudia Pulis. I sent out a tweet, which I'm getting some heat from my buddy at work. My buddy at work loves to rub it in, right? Good guy, good buddy of mine, so I allow him to do it. Loves to rub it in when the slime ball loses, right? Does not mention much when the slime ball wins, we had the biggest win of the year so far, almost a five to one, right? And I simply said, because I'm a man of the people, I cannot live bet in my state. But if you are riding the slime ball, Claudio Pulez or Clay Guida is a straight pick em. I like Pulez. I had him by submission. But I can understand if you want to hedge out with Clay. That's what you do. You hedge out. He's not a gambler. He's never placed a bet in his life. He doesn't understand that. I shared the winning ticket, right? And he just shared a tweet that I sent. So we've had a nice little back and forth. But again, speaking to a non-gambler who doesn't understand what a hedge means, I personally couldn't hedge where I would have, right? The cash out button was staring at me in the fucking face, right? 
the cash out button was staring at me. I was like, man, you know, the idea is to win money, but I let it ride. I said, you know what? I'm fucking in. I'm in. I sent that tweet out. Some people said, yeah, you're right. That's a smart play. Let me hedge. Other guys like, nope, slime or die, baby. We got this. And uh, yeah, so I appreciate that. But before we get to Claudia Pulas, Macy Barber's Montana De La Rosa fight went exactly how I thought. Um, Montana Rosa gets a two. Um, Macy Barber gets a three. Macy looked good on the grappling exchanges. Montana's durables all get out. Macy, Kenny hit it on the head when he broke down this fight. She's just more athletic. She's just ex- more explosive. She's just better everywhere. Kind of saw that Mont- Montana De La Rosa is a game girl, high-level girl, but Macy's just a couple steps ahead of her. Um, and I think that's what we saw here. Uh, good performance by Macy Barber. Not great, but I like to see her getting a win. I like to see her start getting some wins, racking some wins up, because I do think she is, personality-wise, could be a big star in this division. All right, Claudia Pulezzer's Clay Guida. The ANF bump, baby. The Anakin Florian bump is real. Three weeks in a row now. You had Aljamain Sterling, you Bilal Muhammad, and Claudio Pulez. All that either underdog or plus money. I just spit all on my screen. The ANF fucking bump is real. Ever since I've been on the show, I'm staying hot. Anakin Florian, Cody Merrill, these boys, they got some fucking kind of special juice. They got that gojo juice because we're hot. We're hot right now. But Claudia Pulis is, and I got a little heat, by the way, on uh, on Twitter. A, a good guy, a guy who was friendly. He didn't mean any bad things about it. People thought I took Guida. They thought I said, and I know I talk fast and I have marbles in my mouth, but they thought that I um, that I said, uh, Clay Guida, I'm not a homer. That's who I'm picking. When I, in fact, said, I'm, I know we're not picking the Claudio fight, but I got Claudio. So let me pull up the audio to prove it once and for all. I should have had this pulled up before I did not. Okay. Okay, so... That's playing through my computer speakers. Son of a bitch. All right. Here we go. I know what to do. I know what to do. We're doing this all on the fucking fly because you know what? I give a shit, right? There we go. Bro speakers. Okay. What fight are we on here? I do not know. Okay. Main event challenge. Just me yapping, me yapping. Let's see. To get himself, it seems. Okay. There we go. Ad fucking ads. So I should have had this carved out, but I wanted to make it clear that I did say Claudio. I did not back out. Take Macy Barber's number. Okay, that's Macy. Yeah, yeah. about at heavyweight. I did not look up the. There you the go. Finish, um, there you go. Maybe get a team. Romanoff. Okay, he's doing here we go. Here we go. Claudio Puyas, go. who is plus 115, who's going to join us here in a few minutes. So we are not going to pick that fight and make the man wait. But we will need a main event pick, Brad, before we get you here on out of here. Jessica Andrade, minus 170. Amanda Lemos, plus 150. Here it goes. Here a little backdrop for you. Lemos, 11 and 1. She's never John lost Saka. in the weight class, right? Dropped her debut in the UFC to Leslie Smith. That was up two divisions at Bantamweight. Now five straight wins. She has vaulted to number 10 of the go. world at 115 pounds. She faces the former champion Andrade back in the weight class. Brian Petrie, who do you have? Here we go. I know Claudio's waiting, and I'm and I appreciate it, but I, I I'm taking him over Clay Guida. By the way, that's not a homer pick. Let's go, I Claudio. Love it. I love it. Uh, Jessica Andrade. I'm taking him over Clay Guida. That's not a homer pick. There we go. Okay, so I could have probably phrased that better for sure. And sorry, I couldn't show you that. You probably just looked at my face the entire time. I forgot I was I was videoing this. But you know what are we gonna do there? You know what I mean? So I had pulled as I was confident. I gave the hedge out. 
Um, I started increasingly getting less or more nervous because a lot of people like Clay. A lot of people I respect. A lot of people in the space. But sometimes you got to put your nuts on the table and go, you know what? No, I'm better. I'm, this is my read. And I just didn't see how Clay won this fight. I thought Claudio had him in the stand-up and they stood up. And I thought Claudio had him on the ground. I did not think Claudio would submit him in the first round. I thought it was going to be a longer fight. I thought Clay was going to wrestle, grind on him. It was going to be a dirty, grimy fight. But when Claudio hit the ground, man. He threw up a lot of stuff. This kid's dangerous, more dangerous on the ground than I thought. And working at Sanford MMA with a guy like Greg Jones, working on his fucking takedowns, um, he tried to hit a switch on Clay, couldn't get it, but immediately put an omoplata, an arm bar, a triangle, and then that knee bar was so fast and so quick. Third knee bar submission you have seen might be a record. Uh, super impressive. And, and a lot of guys as tough as Clay, they can tough out of an arm lock. His elbow might have popped. They can tuck out of a go, or t- uh, tough it out of a go-go. Their shoulders get pressure. A triangle, you know what, guys? Triangles are hard to hit nowadays because guys know how to defend, right? But when you get your fucking knee wrapped up like that, you get a knee bar... You're tapping or snapping, and he ain't walking right for a while. So, Claudio Pulis, that transition was excellent. He gets a five-star. I'm a five-star man! That's a five-star fucking performance if I've ever seen one. Uh, Claudio Pulis getting the ANF bump. I like it. He speaks well. He knows good English. He speaks Spanish fluently, obviously being from Peru, which not a lot of fighters are from Peru. Good looking. Called Twitter out, said, give me my fucking verification. Wants to be on the Spanish broadcast. The sky's the limit for this kid at 155. One loss in UFC a million years ago when he was 19. Got knocked out by Martin Bravo. Took some years off. Has come back and has looked good. And now he's made the big boy move to Sanford MMA in a room full of killers. And he looked good against, a, albeit 40-year-old Clay Guida, but Clay Guida was lost in the ground. Clay gets, likes the fights to get to the ground. He got to the ground, and there was a point in the fight where he got his arm, left arm caught up in that go-go and was like, shit, I can't get out of this. My left arm's fucking trapped. He looked nervous. And Clay's been in there with a lot of people. He's been submitted before. I thought it was going to be by a guillotine, maybe a late submission, armbar triangle late in the third round. I had Claudio here, final leg of the slime ball, which was plus 456. I also had him plus 400 by submission. Should have went submission round one, but again, I, that wasn't my read. My read was submission. That ended the night fantastic. It erased the Don Madge loss, which was a hard one to erase mentally because Don Madge is a good guy, but financially erased it. We're up 4.8 units on the night. You know my motto, we chip away, chip away, chip away. A lot of guys, that you know, they'll put multiple units up. They'll get up 11, 12 units a night. But on their bad nights, they're down 11 or 12 units, right? We're never going to be down 11 or 12 units, but we're going to be up one or two. Have a good week four. Have a good week five. We might be down one or two. Back to five, though. You know what I mean? Chip away. You don't need to fucking just, not a Hail Mary every time you bet, baby, right? Let's just chip away. Chip, chip, chip away. All right, Jessica Andrade was Manuel Lemos. Jessica Andrade is a fucking badass. Five stars. Five Are you fucking man. kidding me? Jessica Andrade. In there, got her leg chewed up a little bit, looked really patient. I was kind of wondering what she was doing a little bit. And then eventually was like the game plan at her corner. They translated her corner was like, okay, watch the front kick. So that's where they're keeping her patient on the front kick because Lemos does have some good striking. Lemos was throwing some heavy, heavy hands out there. Andrade wasn't doing much, but then Bull rushed in and got that standing gear, or standing arm triangle. Lemos did not know how deep she was, or maybe she didn't, just couldn't get out. 
knew she didn't want to go to the mat, thought she maybe had more time on the feet, and Andrade is so fucking strong and just a tank, squeezed her goddamn head off her shoulders, dropped her, reminded me of the John Jones, not as hardcore, the John Jones Leoto or John Jones guillotine and just fucking let his dead body fall. Kind of reminded me of that. It was fucking badass. This could be on a higher reel forever. And Jessica Andrade, I would love for her to fight the winner of Rose Carla. This girl's a real deal. I was wrong. I had Andrade. I picked Andrade. I did not better by any which way. But I was wrong in the sense that I thought Andrade's best weight class was 125. I've went on the record and said that numerous times. I think 115 is her best weight class for sure. She seems so strong, physically strong in there. Bricked up, cardio for days, tough as they come, and she's only 30 years old, which is crazy. She's 23 and 9, 30 years old. Um, not enough good things to say about Jessica Andrade. Amanda Lamos gets a three, uh, or excuse me, a two, because you know I like Lamos. I think this is this is a minor setback for a good comeback. Don't know if she's ever gonna touch the title. A lot of her wins were pretty pedestrian. A lot of her wins were over like solid competition, but I think her hands are dangerous, and I think she's gonna get another shot. Maybe not a main event shot right away. Maybe not right away. But uh, we're there. So that's the end of UFC Fight Night Lemos versus Jessica Andrade. Had a pretty good card here, boys. Battled back from some spots, and that's what we're looking. Last week, we hit it on underdogs that battled back from the slime ball losing. This week, all the slimes were closed. Claudia Pulis, we got him at uh, minus 110. Um, Charles Jordan, I'm getting him in at minus 110. When I placed my bets, he opened at minus 125. Still slight favorite over Land of Venata. And then the biggest favorite was minus 190. You know, we're giving out some decent parlays here on the slime ball parlay. A lot of guys, if, and I've said this last time, if you have a tout, you have a guy that you're tailing, and he gave you Dean Barry and Romanoff, right, as his top ticket, fire him. Get him out of here. Block him. I don't block anybody on Twitter. Block him. Fuck him or her. That No, that's cheesy shit, man. That's You get the easy way out. Nope, not going to fucking do it. Um, all right, that's it. That's the recap. I am going to be on Anakin Florian tomorrow. So we're doing it tomorrow, not tonight. You, this is Sunday. Usually we do it on Sunday. We're going to do it tomorrow afternoon. And um, for scheduling conflict or whatever happens, we're doing tomorrow afternoon. So the show will be up tomorrow night. So if you're listening to this going, hey, why isn't the Anakin Florian up? That's why. So you might hear me say a lot of the same things on the Anakin Florian, but we will be picking uh, four fights tomorrow. Let me read the email and tell you exactly what fights. I've already done the research. I could pull up on my computer, but we're here. Christoph Jocko versus Jared Merskart, picking that fight. Grant Dawson versus Jared Gooden, or Gordon, excuse me, picking that fight. Andre Olowski, Jake Collier picking that fight, and obviously Rod Font versus Chito Vera. I know people are getting pretty shitty with these weak UFC cards. A lot of people are getting upset about it, but you cannot be upset with Chito Vera versus Rod Font tomorrow night, or next Saturday. Chito Vera versus Rod Font is fire. Fire, boys. That is crazy. Still, usually I have my picks ready by Sunday. Usually I am ready. I got every pick on the card ready. Well, maybe one or two. I don't know who's going to win that main event. That main event is tough. I'm going to see if Kenny can go first because, God damn, I don't know who's going to win. That's the show. Go buy a slime ball parlay T-shirt. Link will be in the bio of this YouTube video. Also, will be pinned on my uh, Twitter feed. or Yeah, my Twitter feed. Go uh, order a shirt. Why not? Fuck it. Get on the slime ball chain. Let go, baby. Woo! Hey, fellas, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Come on, motherfucker, back! Come on! Come on, motherfucker!
Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Yeah. Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.